Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, and thank you for being with us today. You're listening to An Artist Speaks, presented by Contemporary Art Gallery Online. Contemporary Art Gallery Online represents tomorrow's art giants today. You can visit us at ContemporaryArtGalleryOnline.com, and there you can view and purchase great works of contemporary art, check out our monthly art competitions, and our blog as well. Today, our guest is Mark McDonald. Mark McDonald is a master carpenter and has been designing for 30-plus years. Mark has become known for his custom work and installations. Mark is happily married and has been for 27 years with his wife, Laura, and they have five wonderful children. Mark creates his magnificent work in his studio, which he has named Black Snake Furniture. Mark named his studio after the made of pair of black snakes that quietly share his shop with him. Mark produces what he calls functional art, and indeed his work is appropriately named. Well, good morning, Mark. Thank you for being with us today on An Artist Speaks. Well, I'm glad to finally join you. Well, let's start this morning by telling the audience a little more about yourself, Mark. Well, uh, man, I was listening to that intro thinking, boy, i got to save that. Because that would make a great old bit. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I think you about pretty well covered it. Um, you know, uh, furniture and art and um, expression is just uh, uh, really a, uh, an outlet that I've tried to, you know, at least have some kind of concrete, something tangible at the end of the day. It's It's always been something I've tried to, uh, you know, make it look good. If you're going to bother doing it, make it look good. Well, tell us, Mark, how did, uh, working with wood for over 30 years, but how did you get into creating art with your wood? Well, I think I've always tried to uh, do that just in, you know, your, your day-to-day carpentry uh, scenarios with uh, uh, linear trim and space and cabinets and, of course, uh, service and and all those other things, but I, uh, I, I think I've always, uh, even as a little kid, wanted to uh, take a certain material further than what normally you'd expect that material to go. That's kind of what constitutes art for me, is taking it further than uh, everybody else would, or, or what you think its limitations are. Well, and when... Uh when did you first start creating your works of art? Well, over the years, uh, working as a um, uh, carpenter, remodeling contractor, designer, what would always happen is you would get a uh, a big chunk of materials, whether it's a type of marble or it's a type of wood. And there, I've heard other tradespeople say this. They'd come across one piece that's just extraordinary. And so you kind of just set it aside. And for years I did that with boards and slabs of wood and, and different types of material that were just amazing pieces or amazing examples. Whether it was a piece of, you know, red oak or a fabulous piece of ash that you'd come across, I just set it aside. Kind of like a pack rat almost, uh, only much more limited, and uh, hoping to have the opportunity at some point to do something really special with this one particular piece. Then the uh, the, the the whole 
process begins of, okay, well, how can I highlight this piece? How can I show it off? And how can I make it functional? How can I make it work for somebody? It's one thing to make a piece that can hang on the wall, but uh, can the piece actually support additional art? Can it can it uh, serve a purpose? That's where it's really, I find art to be really cool, is where it can serve a, a secondary or primary purpose. Well, tell us, Mark, was there anyone or anything that influenced you in your in your art? Oh, absolutely. I mean, when I was a kid, I realized real early, art is mood-altering. It sets the tone. If you walk into someone's home and you see a whole bunch of crucifixes, <laughs> whether you call that art or not, that has an effect on you. Uh, the same is true as when I walk into a museum and I'd be absolutely changed by seeing or experiencing some uh, piece of art. So, you know, art, I, I became aware of its effect on at least myself and other people, of course, a uh, very early age. You know, museums, schools, churches, you know, other people's homes. You know, when you walk into someone's home and you see a piece of art that really you find amazing, it changes your perspective not only of uh, what you expected, but your expectation of, of what that person is like. You know, the, the more outrageous, the more startling, the better. Well, so, Mark, let's describe the process that you go through, if you would, when you, you have a piece of wood. What's your inspirational process? Well, I, I like to go out and try and find material that just um, speaks to me. It says, uh, you know, take me with you. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, I'm really fortunate in that here in St. Louis, I have a, uh, a tree climber who also has a sawmill, who has the same problem I have in that he loves to discover, you know, hidden beauty within his own day-to-day -day work. And fortunately for me, he finds some spectacular stuff that's was, you know, going to go into landfill or be turned into firewood. Instead, he takes the time to saw it up in a way that uh, when I see it, I go, oh, i got to have that. I've also found a lot of spectacular pieces in the basements of people who, you know, uh, kind of like me, you know, squirreled away a really spectacular piece of uh, lumber. I once ran into a guy who was uh, had a whole stack of this really dark, nasty-looking wood in his basement that his grandfather had given him that he had somehow inherited. And this guy was kind of sawing it up into pieces and burning it, you know, when he needed to. It turned out to be walnut that had been sawed probably at the turn of the century. It was just amazing examples of uh, uh, lumber that just, if you didn't know what to do, you'd just burn it. Once I find these pieces, I uh, I bring them home and set them on my workbench. And I my process is just kind of like, let it take its time. It, it will it'll all happen. I, I utilize the same method when I, I, I get stuck on designing a really cool space for someone in that I'll put it on the drawing board, draw the parameters, and then just walk away from it. I'll just kind of let my uh, my subconscious work on it for a while. The same is true of these pieces. I'll, uh, I'll bring them into the shop, clean them up, and I'll start to look at, okay, how can I showcase what I'm seeing, and uh, how can I make it work? How can I make it uh, function? 
for so you know somebody uh, art is difficult to buy because it's the last thing you buy you know if you can make it functional well you've got uh, you've got another edge <laughs> in getting your art out there and then it becomes a long process of finishing it and uh, doing all the things that nobody sees to really bring out the uh, the beauty of the wood and uh, for me wood is wood tells the whole story and the um, uh, most people are used to wood in its most pristine defect free um, state you know even grain no defects nothing uh, what I like to do is find a slab of wood uh, that's just been through hell and back <laughs> you know um, <laughs> And you'll find pieces like that. You'll find, you know, I've done, uh, I did a piece for a neurosurgeon up in Annapolis, Maryland, uh, a big desk that was out of a slab of walnut. And I can read the grain. I can see what happened in this, this tree's life. And in this case, this tree had been struck by lightning, been severed, uh, had been attacked by fungus and insects and you could see these radial rays uh, coming out of the slab of all these uh, sucker branches that were desperately trying to keep this thing alive. You know, in the end it died. What happens next is usually it goes back to the earth. What I'm doing is I'm simply freezing it right after the point of death and preserving its life story. Uh, It's pretty cool. I, I... I find if I can find pieces that will tell me a story, um, I, I much more enjoy working on them. Now, whether or not I'm able to to convey that to you know someone who sees it for the first time, uh, I don't know if I'm successful in that or not. But that's that's kind of what uh, gets me going is where I I see wow this is this this uh, this particular piece of material just went through. Mm, you know, quite an amazing life, and um, now I've got the opportunity to at least freeze it and hopefully, you know, make it uh, endure for however long people find it uh, useful and find it uh, pleasant to look at. Well, I certainly have found your work to be very intriguing, and I fell in love with it uh, the first time I saw it. You have some very, very unique pieces of furniture and and other artwork that um, you just don't find. You're you're not going to find your type of art anywhere else, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. well, it it helps to have a sense of humor, (laughs) and uh, (laughs) at least a sense of humor you can apply in your work. (laughs) You know, I I like to, uh, I think we, we, uh, uh, the scariest thing I ever had happen to me was I was doing some work in a kind of a gentrified suburban setting uh, for somebody. I walked into the living room, and they had the sofa, and they had the picture over the sofa, and they had the plant and, you know, the end table and everything. And about a week later, I was working in the same neighborhood. I walked into this living room, and it was like I walked into the same room. It was really weird. But that's, uh, you know, hopefully my pieces will elicit some kind of uh, response, and hopefully with your guests, you know, if you, you have uh, friends, or it at least just changes your mood to the better. Lately, I've been concentrating on trying to create mirrors 
uh, you know, just your regular wall mirror that will, um, you know, be better than the usual, you know, square that you find at any department store or, uh, you know, furniture store. That, of course, is one of a kind, unique. You'll, you won't find it anywhere else. And so when you check your teeth in the morning as you leave your house, uh, at least pat yourself on the back for uh, owning something that's completely unique. Well, you certainly have uh, accomplished that, Mark. But tell the audience, uh, on average, and I know this is probably hard because, you know, when you look at your artwork, uh, it is at varying sizes, but from start to finish, on average, what would you, how much time do you spend on your creations? Well, that's a, I, I think that's a good question because some, some pieces have taken me six months, you know, and, um, in the past, uh, oh, well, the past uh, half year or so, I've tried to concentrate on while I'm doing a large piece, uh, can I produce a piece of art start to finish uh, within a day? Um, so, and I've been able to accomplish that with some pieces. You know, some pieces just take. Um, in, if you walk into my shop, you probably you'll always see six or seven pieces that I'm working on at any one time. Some pieces I I'm not sure where to go with next. I, I have a big slab of uh, white oak in my shop right now that's just a real neat neat uh, slab that has a lot of uh, uh, features in it. And I'm not sure if I should make it into a desk or a coffee table or I'm not sure. And so I simply set it aside and don't worry about it. The answer will come. Uh, meanwhile, I'll work on something else. And uh, so it simply really, the, the process can take a long time. The production doesn't have to take a whole lot of time. I'm mostly limited in my shop to... Uh, hand tools and uh, rather than big production, you know, drum sanders or big industrial type machines, um, mostly out of, I can't afford them, <laughs> for one. And secondly, um, I'm finding some of the old hand tools, you know, from yesteryear to be very effective uh, in producing the kind of results I want without huge mess or a big electricity bill. So the time it takes, really just depends, you know, on the piece. I've, I've I've been able to produce pieces that have taken 12 hours, and uh, I've produced pieces that have taken, you know, six months. Uh, some of it's environmental because I like to uh, uh, use different kinds of uh, penetrating oils on the finish of my work. And some of those, uh, some of those will take days to cure, and you just can't rush the process. And you gotta let it, uh, let it cure, and um, before you go to the next step. So it really just depends on the piece and the way I decide to finish it. But it can happen quickly, or it can happen just over a long period of time. I, I still have raw pieces that are in my shop that I lean against the wall that have been there for. A year, two years, um, I still haven't quite figured out what to do with them yet, but we'll do something with them. It'll eventually come to you. It'll eventually come. The answers always come. It's just 
you got to kind of want you know sit back and wait for it to actually happen. And you have to get out and uh, go places and see things. And um, uh, I'll get a lot of uh, inspiration from other artists who are doing the same thing I'm doing with maybe a different medium or the same medium. There's just a ton of, of, of good work out there that um, I find helps me professionally and personally, and um, I'm hoping it has the same effect on everybody else. So uh, it's just being able to uh, let it happen as opposed to forcing it. Or is there another artist that you would say has an impact on your work or you feel that your work is, is similar to? Probably the one that affected me very early was uh, George Nakashima. He's, of course, uh, American-born Trained as an architect uh, who did amazing pieces of furniture where he, too, focused on emphasizing the quality of the material as opposed to trying to make the material work for a particular function. That's that's sometimes a big challenge is, you know, it's one thing to make a chair, but uh, to make a chair that an amazing piece to look at before you even sit down that's that requires you to be able to look at the material and say, well, how can I how can I make this piece really pop and invite you to sit down on it? I, I just find that um, Mr. Nakashima was able to do that, and he uh, he he was able to really influence a whole generation of, of people who have taken a more natural approach to working with whatever material they're they come across. Well, it is very interesting artwork that you create, and it is very unique, Mark. And you know, I mm-hmm. it's, I can't find the words to to tell to tell the audience about just how unique that it really is. So, no, hopefully they'll they'll take a look at it on the on the website, and uh, and I also uh, have my uh, all my pieces in in one particular gallery north of St. Louis on the old Mississippi River in Clarksville, Missouri. Oh, wow. Well, before the show is over, we'll uh, get the information on that gallery so that we can share with yeah. you. Well, let's take a quick minute here and let our audience know that you can view and purchase Mark McDonald's artwork by going to contemporaryartgalleryonline.com, click on the Artist tab, and then on Mark's name. Contemporary Art Gallery Online is the number one source for showcasing tomorrow's art giants today. If you're an artist looking for gallery representation, please visit us at contemporaryartgalleryonline.com and click on the membership tab and follow the prompts. If you are a designer, architect, or volume purchaser, again, please visit us at contemporaryartgalleryonline.com and complete the volume purchaser's request form on the left side of the home page. And again, to view Mark's stunning artwork and to re-listen to this interview, and, of course, purchase some of his fantastic work, please click on the Artist tab and then on Mark's name. Well, Mark, can you tell us what uh, your favorite uh, piece of work that you created is and and why it's your favorite? Um, You know, that changes just, uh, that changes, I've, I've, I've asked myself that question. It's usually the piece I'm just finishing. It's, it's <laughs> kind of weird, but... Uh, 
you know, when I'm finishing up a piece, I'm usually what I'm saying to myself is this is this is just an amazing. I'm so lucky to uh, been able to create this, and I hope somebody else sees it. You know, then I finish it and deliver the piece or uh, put the piece in the gallery, and then, you know, I, I kind of forget about it. Uh, and uh, then the next piece I'm working on, I'm going, God, this is the this is the greatest piece I've done yet. <laughs> and uh, so, um, probably my favorite piece so far, though, is a piece called Switch Bench, which is um, a really great tribute to this. Uh, Sar, this timber uh, Sar that I mentioned earlier, who had the audacity to take this huge limb from a black pine tree that was bent in a 90 degree angle and saw it into slices. And so I bought the whole thing. I bought all four slices. The minute I saw it, uh, again, it was like created a problem for myself in that, okay, how do I show this off? So Switchbench, which is, you can see it on the gallery, is uh, a piece that just really draws people. The minute they see it, they walk right over to it. And the biggest compliment I get when people see my work is when they, you, you can you can observe them where they, it's like they can't help themselves. They have to walk over to it and they have to touch it. And once they touch it, then... I know that I've succeeded because that's what I want them to do. I want them to touch it. I want them to, to check it out. And uh, so the art turns into uh, not just a visual experience. Uh, it's, a, it's a, an experience that uh, hopefully involves all your senses except for maybe your sense of smell. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I'd hate for it to smell. <laughs> yeah. Well, it certainly... Is my favorite piece. Uh, it is just—it is very unique and has so much character. I'm sure I—I I can't wait. I'd love to see it in person because I'm sure it is just a wonderful piece of art. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Um, you know, I'm—I I try and make each piece so it—it's so attractive that you have to—you're drawn to it. When I do meet with people and they do look at my artwork. I always try and observe what what do they what do they walk toward, what do they see. I've done some pieces that are almost um better viewed from a distance. A couple of those pieces are a series that I did called Perspective. It just plays with the whole idea of why is a table square as opposed to angular. What um when we look at any kind of shape or anything, there's always there's there's the the view is always skewed. So why not skew it a little bit more? So I've done that with a, a series of pieces that I've done uh, where the table is long. Sometimes a couple of those pieces are eight or nine feet long, and they'll be 14 inches wide at one end, but they'll taper to six inches at the other end. And so it's like that vanishing point that you experience, only on a smaller scale, and um, with a piece of furniture that uh, uh, then forces me as a creator to come up with all these angles for all the pieces, so that there there isn't 
I, I break all the rules of uh, perfect miter to achieve a, a joint that uh, uh, pulls it off. You look at it and you realize that, yeah, my vision is skewed. So I hope to do a few more of those, uh, depending on what I stumble across, you know, in my uh, quest for unique materials. Well, I'm also intrigued by compress. Can you mm-hmm. tell, tell the audience uh, about that piece? Well, compress is, is just a slab, uh, an ordinary slab of ash that I came across. Um, and, you know, I, I find a lot of these, you know, really unique boards in some of the weirdest places. I even find some really cool figured, highly figured maple in Home Depot. You know, nobody will buy it because it's so weird looking, but they simply don't recognize that, uh, boy, that's got a lot of, uh, of flair and figure that, uh, take that back to my shop and saw it up. But, uh, uh, compression is, uh, uh, an ordinary ash board that I came across years ago, and I must have hauled that dumb board around with me for years, not really knowing what to do with it. Then I, I started to, uh, simply, you know, sand and polish it to try and make this. It, it has this curl in the board that, to my eye, looks like somebody came along and just compressed this board together, just pushed it together and made it fold in on itself. And then the legs came from some trim I salvaged, uh, I was I was doing a uh, bathroom remodel for the owner of the best restaurant in St. Louis. <laughs> it turned out he the trim on uh, on around this one door was painted purple heart. I couldn't believe it. I, I I could see what had happened. Some previous designer had had finished this bathroom with this purple heart, which is a very exotic, truly purple wood. Very very hard. Very very dense. And then some interior designer came along and said, ah, paint it white. And then I came along and I pulled it off and I went, wow. So uh, the legs of that piece are purple heart that were salvaged from trim from around the door. Boy, uh, you know, that's uh, the way to uh, take, you know, a discarded material and really make it look great. The whole idea was, okay, I need to elevate this piece of ash up off the, the, the ground at about uh, 32 inches or so. And so it's going to need four legs, and the four legs need to support themselves. And uh, so rather than just do four legs with some stretchers, um, let's just, again, play with angles, play with uh, expectations, achieve the outcome you want, which is a really cool table. But do it in such a way that forces you to say, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. It can be any which way you you uh, uh, want as long as the objective is achieved. So that's how that came about. Well, I'm also a big fan of the bipedal table. Can you tell us about mm-hmm. that one? Yeah, that was... Um, that's some of that tiger maple that, you know, you might find in the bins of... Uh, Home Depot, the legs are made from uh, uh, tiger maple, or some people call it curly maple. It just depends on the part of the country you're in. But 
what uh, I, I love wood that has an iridescent quality. Uh, in other words, uh, depending on the way light is hitting hitting it, it's it refracts light in such a way that uh, creates almost a flash. Again, uh, I wanted to try and make a table that was just like a two-legged table. And that's essentially what this particular table is. It's a two-legged table. It's been done before, but this is just a different way of, of, of achieving that. The slab of mahogany that sits on top of it uh, was just a scrap piece of mahogany from a high school woodworking project. Again, this was a board I lugged around here and there, and, and I finally found a use for it. So, uh, again, it's just uh, how can we, how can we, you know, create the ordinary and just make it extraordinary just with the use of a minimal amount of material, but take that material and uh, finish it in, in a way that just really makes the whole piece pop when it's all put together. Well, it certainly does. Uh, it's a very interesting piece. Mm -hmm. and, and I get a big kick of your, out of your humor. You had mentioned earlier about been working a lot with mirrors, and I, I just got a good laugh when I saw your piece entitled Saw Myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, um, you know, I look at pieces uh, that just came out, you know, of uh, I, I have probably 20 or 30 saws hanging on my shop wall. It uh, it just came from you know the the need to use some leftover mirror and uh, how can I utilize this and uh, you know again just trying to utilize what's in front of me what I have I try not to go out and actually buy things you know to use as materials I, I prefer to use what I have in my shop so just finishing up a piece right now that is done entirely in white oak. And it took a really long time to finish simply because I didn't have a whole lot of white oak in my shop. I just had to wait until, you know, I came across it and I could utilize it into this uh, particular piece. I, I like uh, I like art that, and I like pieces that uh, make me think different thoughts <laughs> when <laughs> I use them, as, as in the case with, you know, Saw Myself. I've done that uh, same piece. Uh, with uh, some uh, other different kinds of materials. And really, you know, a mirror is something everybody needs and everybody uses. And uh, like it or not, it's one of the most uh, needed pieces in any household. So why not make it cool? Why not make it fun? So I've been exploring that with uh, other materials and other shapes and uh, other uh, other designs that, again, you know, we might as well enjoy ourselves while we're here. <laughs> so uh, if you're looking at yourself in the mirror, you might as well have a piece that's really interesting to look at other than the image in the mirror. Well, it is very interesting. And you mentioned <laughs> that you have your furniture art is on display. Tell the audience where this is and directions to get there if anyone's in the area. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's Massagila Art, Fine Art, and Kevin, the owner of the gallery, is a great, great, great photographer. I mean, this guy's just amazing. And when I met him, uh, I walked into his gallery and he had all these pictures in this 
gallery. Clarksville is one of those uh, ancient towns from Mark Twain's day that served the river. It's right on the river, up Highway 79, just north of St. Louis. It's on your way to Hannibal. And I'm sure Mark Twain went through there. And this is just right on the main drag. You can't miss it. What's really cool about Clarksville is there's a lot of other artists there. There's a there's a, uh, another woodworker there that does some fabulous uh, functional everyday cabinetry things that you have to have and need. Uh, there's another guy who makes Windsor chairs. There's glass blowers. Fortunately, I'm not in competition with any of these guys, <laughs> so we all get along great. As I was saying when I walked into Kevin's gallery, he had all these great photographs on the wall and yet nothing on the floor. So it's been a really nice marriage between uh, my art and his art and uh, other artists that uh, share the space in the gallery. But uh, as I said, if you just go north from St. Louis up on Highway 79 and take a right when you go into Clarksville, you will you can't miss it. It's right on Main Street. Well, that's wonderful. I encourage all our listeners, if they're ever in that area or they live in that area, they should go and look at it because uh, your art is really something that, that has to be seen. I agree. <laughs> Absolutely. I agree. It's it's something that needs to be experienced. Uh, Contemporary Art Gallery Online has really done a nice job of uh, showcasing not only my art but uh, other artists that I've, I've been able to look at. But, you know, photographs never do that kind of art justice. Uh, you really have to experience it. Right. The other thing I do is uh, I also do commission pieces for people. do a lot of desks, bookcases, usually professional settings. I think that has more to do with, you know, people's ability to be able to showcase what they've, uh, uh, they imagine, too. So it's uh, I like working with uh, other people uh, to try and get a, uh, a real sense of what they want to present in a piece, whether it's a, a, a something on the wall or it's something on the floor. And that just pushes me in a different direction, too. It uh, never hurts to get another opinion. <laughs> well, the, the great thing about your work is, just you know what you stated earlier, I mean, this is something that if you put this in your home, I guarantee you that family and friends that come to visit you will be drawn to it. I mean, it, it, it is very unique. It's very outstanding, well done. It's a fine addition to your home, but it also becomes, you know, a centerpiece for your home. It can be, and um, and I hope it is. And, I, you know, I, I hope that a lot of my tables uh, really beg, to be put in a prominent spot, and, you know, my hope is uh, you can take my art and then put your art on it, like photographs, things you want people to see, uh, keepsakes, other pieces of art, awards, uh, you name it. Uh, you know, I, I, want, I want my piece of art to be able to support other pieces of art. Or in the case of, like, uh, a mirror called I Saw Myself, you yourself are a piece of art. <laughs> and uh, if, I can, if I can enhance that, uh, I've done my job. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've, you 
know, I've had a lot of experience uh, uh, designing and producing things that are just purely functional. And uh, so it's nice to be able to produce things that the function hopefully is secondary. Hopefully the art speaks first, and then the function becomes apparent. Uh, so that's that would be that would be nice to uh, have that happen with every piece. It doesn't always happen that way, but um, the one thing I'm always confident of is I think I've with every piece I've ever done, I've been able to really showcase and uh, give a tribute to that material that otherwise would have just, you know, been cast aside or or uh, or burned or or thrown into a landfill or you know. Uh, so it's in that I I, I always feel uh, like I've. Uh, I've at least honored that uh, that that little piece of material that uh, you know we're surrounded by this stuff. But uh, if we can pull you know one small piece out and make it look great, boy, that's that's a that's a really good outcome. Oh yes, it is because it was once a, a living, breathing thing. Right. I I have the same attitude like when I design kitchens for people. You know, if we're going to spend a lot of money on countertops, we're using granite. We're not going to use a man-made material because granite's just so cool, especially some of the uh, amazing pieces that, again, tell the story of how that rock was formed millions of years ago. So, uh, you know, I, I, I can find that in a variety of materials that uh, it just, uh, if you can force yourself just to enjoy a little bit of, of uh, the natural art that's around us that needs a little prodding by us humans to doll it up, make it shiny, <laughs> uh, make it uh, inviting to touch, then I, I think we've we've done it, done that uh, material justice. And that is always the goal. And I, I think mm-hmm. you hit that goal a lot in your work, Mark. Well, thank you. We're nearing the end of the interview here, Mark, and one question I always like to ask is any advice that you have that you would like to give to artists who are just beginning their journey into the art world? Um, well, one thing, don't quit your day job. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, one of the things, you know, I lament about, uh, you know, I get bummed out about occasionally when I'm, when I'm broke and and I don't uh, have anybody buying anything is, uh, boy, you know, uh, what made great artists great back in the day. And one of the things that made them great was they had patrons. (laughs) And uh, today artists rely on on people to actually go out and buy their art, whether it's real simple, you know, whether it's a simple keychain or it's a piece, that is going to go in front of some corporate headquarters, they still have to go out and they still have to go out and buy it. There are no patrons that I know of. And uh, so, you know, um, if you're going to try and support yourself from your art, uh, you better have a plan. And uh, so beyond that, just simply stay true to what you're trying to do. And I think if you produce anything, whether it's it's 
a it's a painting or a sculpture, if it's done to the point of what I call extraordinaire, it will sell. You simply have to find the right market, find the right buyer. So I, I guess my biggest uh my biggest advice to to anyone deciding or wanting to do this is go ahead and do it. By all means do it. Hopefully it will it will take over your life, not only emotionally but financially. But in the meantime, pay your mortgage. (laughs) (laughs) I have one last question I would like to ask. Uh, Have you ever in your professional life been doing work for individuals or corporations or remodelings? Have you ever had the opportunity or been commissioned to create you know, some of your artwork as well into what you were working on? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, uh, you know, when I when I do a, a, a remodeling job, uh, as we call it in the business, um, I, I'll, I'll always hear this, oh, you really did a nice job designing this. And uh, it's really not true. What I did was I listened to the customer and tried to find out how they really live as opposed to... You know what a magazine says you're supposed to do. Uh, so I, I try and incorporate not only their needs, but what I, through getting to know them as clients, what they, what turns them on visually and what makes them work better uh, as just your human beings as we all are, you know, struggling to get along. I've also been able to, uh, I, I have a, uh, a couple of different commissions where uh, I've done desks and um, break fronts, but you know it's it's expensive. Uh, I always suggest to people if they would like me to make a particular piece of furniture to try and find that piece of furniture out there in the world. Um, it was probably fabricated with CNC routers in North Carolina somewhere, and it's probably a very good piece of furniture. And take a look at the price, triple it, and if they're still interested, come back and I'll make the piece by hand. <laughs> that usually eliminates about 98% of uh, the potential client base out there. But there are those that uh, demand that uh, it not only be done right, but be done in a way that they can feel good about how it was produced. There's that ethic, I think, that people have to develop on who made this, whether it's a pair of jeans or, you know, a shirt or food. Who made this and and what did they have to do to get this to this place where I can buy it? Can, Can I answer the question, am I enhancing their life or am I just, add into their own misery. There are folks out there who are willing to answer that question. And those are the kind of people I want to work for. Those are the kind of people I want to produce art for. Uh, that's uh, I, I try and apply it in the way I live. And um, you know, I'm, I'm sure there are like-minded people out there. Uh, the other commission I come across occasionally is people will give me a call and they'll say, I have this tree that's in my yard that's, you know, been in my life all my life, and now uh, we got to cut it down. And uh, so how can we preserve it somehow? And uh, those are those are really cool commissions. 
really expensive, of course. Uh, it's a lot easier to get your tree cut down by a bunch of uh, tree climbers and um, uh, have it thrown through the chipper. But, again, those aren't the kinds of people I want to work for. The people I want to work for are the people who, who are thoughtful and say, you know, I, I, this, this, this uh, particular tree has meant something to me in, in some way, and I want that to continue. Well, Mark, I want to thank you for being with us this morning. Well, thanks for having me. Well, we really enjoyed speaking with you and encourage everyone to, to check out a Contemporary Art Gallery Online. Mark's functional art is very unique, and it is one of a kind. And I also want to thank our listeners for being with us again today. I would like to inform everyone that Contemporary Art Gallery Online has launched a monthly art competition. And to compete, go to contemporaryartgalleryonline.com. Click on the Art Competition tab for more information. If you are an artist looking for gallery representation, please visit us at contemporaryartgalleryonline.com and click on the Membership tab and follow the prompts. If you're a designer, architect, or volume purchaser, again, please visit us at contemporaryartgalleryonline.com and complete the volume purchaser's request form. Have a great rest of your Saturday morning. Thank you, and have a good day.